Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Episode 79 of BJN Radio. The bats have come alive and we are going to talk about that. Tyler Remchuk and Cam Lewis. Uh, but first, but right before we started recording, Coombsy looks up who's worn number 79 for the Blue Jays, laughs, says, holy shit, you're not going to get this one. So you're not going to get this one. Who wore number 79 for the Blue Jays? Do you know? He was on the team. He was on the team last year, actually. He's a... Uh, um, I think he's gone and come back twice now. Yeah, gone. He's gone and come back twice now. He was a Rule Five pickup for a different team. They uh, that team let him come back, and then he was then later traded to acquire someone during the 2020 season, mm-hmm. and then he came back again as a minor league free agent. Yeah, well, I know it's not John Axford because he was a previous example and he hasn't no, had he multiple stints with the guy. team and he wasn't a rule for Yeah, okay. Um, I just heard minor league deal and that sparked something. Um, Is he with the organization right now? No, he's in the Padres organization right now. I didn't realize that. He was here last year. He pitched like 10 innings in the big leagues. Actually, he did fairly well. I think he was up like early in the season. And they Is kind it of- Elvis Luciano? No, ah. it, it was a it's, it's in the other direction because the Jays got Luciano from the rule five. I think it was the same year. Actually, it was the same year they got Luciano because this was a controversy. They lost this guy who pitched quite well in their minor league system. And people were like, what the fuck? How could you lose this guy? He's going to be an amazing reliever. Okay, tell me, who is it? Travis Bergen. Oh, fuck. I was not going to get that. They traded. Uh, he got picked up by San Francisco in the rule five, came back. They traded him for Robbie Ray. Mm hmm hilarious trade for the diamondbacks to make and then he came back and now he's in triple a somewhere also this is probably going to be the last jersey number thing we ever do because number 85 90 93 and 99 are all on the team right now so it's pretty easy yeah and those are the only guys who have worn numbers that high ever so this is this is the end of that unless we want to do 88 which is a guy that played in 91 that i can't even give you a hint for that uh yeah no like it's interesting the trend of uh of higher numbers, I suppose then, right? The fact that, that there's only been a handful this high and they're all still on the team. Almost all of the numbers above, like I'm just looking at guys who have ever worn a number in the seventies or higher. And it's 
like all pretty much guys from now. It's so 70 or higher. It's Anthony K, Reese McGuire, TJ Zoig, Otto Lopez, Bo Taylor, Ryan Dull, Bravik Valera, Josh Palacios, John Axford, Travis Bergen, Alejandro Kirk, Adam Simmer, Jimmy Garcia, Hyunjin Ryu. And the only two guys from the past are Domingo Sedano from 93 and Rene Gonzalez from 91. I don't know either of them. Uh, Very interesting. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, I want to give some love to uh, a Twitter account at Dr. Internet, who gave like the little ratings for every He's podcast. Great. And he called us his out and about podcast. When he's out and about, he also, uh, I think he would listen to BJ on radio while playing um, slow pitch baseball last year as he organized my slow pitch baseball team and did a fantastic job with it. Oh, nice. <laughs> Anyways, it was, uh, I, I just got a good chuckle out of, because, you know, for me, I'm, I just thought it was interesting that it was like us in a conversation with like all the big name Jays pods. And I was like, Ooh, look at us. Do you consider us an out and about podcast? Is that what you would listen to us while doing? Yeah, I think so. Um, Cause we're quick, right? So like, let's say yeah. you're a quick errand. Yeah. Like you're, you're going on like somewhere that's 10 minutes away and then you, you're coming home and you're like, ah, shit, I want to li- hear something about the Jays or hear two dipshits talk about the blue Jays. Like, this is a good podcast to do that. They're usually only like 20, 30 minutes long. So yeah, I thought that was a compliment. Yeah. I think it's a compliment because I would personally say that, I, I mean, I wouldn't listen to us. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't have us in any category. So that's, that's a, that's a, that's a Supreme compliment for us. I think. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, let's get into things here. First off, shout out to our friends at DoorDash promo code BJ and pod DD gets first time users of the app. 25% off and no delivery fees. Ding dong. Uh, let's start with the ups because you know what? I'm sick and tired of being negative. And the bats yes. kind of came alive in that third game. Um, we'll get into some specifics of that. But while the bats were solid, we are going to start with the fact that the starting pitching was solid once again for this team. Something that has developed into a bit of a theme here this season is that the Jays are getting good starts from a lot of different options as well. And that was apparent in this mini two gamer against the St. Louis Cardinals. Jose Barrios, while he did give up three earned, he did strike out seven and he pitched his way into the seventh inning as well. And then in the eight, one victory in game two, it was Kevin Gosman striking out eight, not giving up a run over six strong innings. Pitching ain't a problem. Coomzy. No, it's not at all. Jose Barrios had a bit of a slow start to the season, kind of up and down, but I think he's, he's kind of settled in now. Like his last, his last two starts against Seattle and St. Louis, he's done 13 one third innings and has allowed only three earned runs. The line against St. Louis probably doesn't look quite as bad in, um, if Charlie's more willing to pull him quickly. And I kind of get why Charlie wanted to stretch him out a bit because the bullpen's pretty burnt out. There aren't, that many great options as we saw in that game, they did wind up blowing it. And then Gosman, I think I, I saw somebody on Twitter and as the theme goes, I don't remember who it was, nor that I say, but somebody said that they haven't felt more comfortable with a pitcher on the blue Jays uh, since Roy holiday, which now that I think about it, I think is actually accurate. Like when the Jays went ahead that game, it was after Jansen hit his home run. It's like three, nothing. I'm like, that's more than enough for Gosman. There's no way he's allowing more than three runs in a start. Like the bullpen might buck it up. Who knows? And that's obviously before they had their offensive outburst. But I thought like, wow, there's, there's no way we're going to lose with Gosman pitching and there being three runs on the board. So that's a, that's a pretty big, uh, that's a, that's a pretty big thumbs up for Gosman. His under his, um, 
his numbers in general, when you look at just his line are absolutely insane. Like he's, um, he struck out 65 guys and walked five guys. And he's only allowed one home run in 56 innings. Like those are ridiculous numbers. I, I would say right now at this point, he's pretty easily the a, uh, the AL Cy Young favorite, like undoubtedly. Wow. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to argue with it when you rattle off the numbers. And again, like being a Jays fan, you're right. You are very comfortable when it's Kevin Gosman on the bump, right? Um, even like, I still think it's between him and Manoa for like, who is this staff ace? Um, but I know Manoa slipped or not slipped up a little. Gosman's maybe starting to pull away with that a bit here. I'm just trying to pull up the uh, Cy Young odds. We can give some love to our friends at Points Bet Canada because um, I'm interested to see if if this is just a Jays fan thing where we're like, oh, yeah, Gosman's the should be the Cy Young favorite or if that's something that's being felt in other areas of the sport. Um, he's second. Actually, he's right behind Verlander, which is interesting. I'm just looking up. Uh, yeah, we had, I, I, to be fair to Verlander, I didn't realize the season was actually going this well because I haven't paid attention to the Astros, but <laughs> through eight starts, there's a 1.22 ERA. Yeah, so that's pretty that's, good. That's, that's pretty good. But that being said, if you look at um, fan graphs, Gosman's got 2.7 wins above replacement and the next high, highest guy, uh, Tarek Skubal for, um, yeah. for Detroit has 1.7. That's so he's a full a full win above replacement ahead of the next best guy. And we're like two months into the season. Like that is actually insane. Yeah. That's um, nuts. He could have like a 10 win season. Yeah, he could. Which I mean, like you talk about value in free agency. I mean, I know I remember doing the pods in the winter and talking about like, oh, how are you going to replace Ray? How are you going to replace Semyon and all this? And my take was always, even if you bring those guys back, you are not going to get the same production they just gave you. And I gave the Jays credit for going out and getting Kevin Gosman. You let Ray, you let Semyon walk, you know, you had that emotional connection to them. And I get that can be hard to do and hard for some fans to maybe get over that. Like, oh, these guys that you loved watching for a year and gave you so many good memories just aren't simply aren't coming back. But you got the two draft picks for letting those guys walk. And then you go get Kevin Gosman. You bring him in. And it's worked out way better than if you would have just kept Robbie Ray around. And he's vaccinated. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Like, Robbie Ray isn't terrible right now in Seattle. Like, his no. peripherals are better than his 4.75 ERA over 10 starts. Looks quite bad, but his peripherals are a lot better. Like, he's still striking out 10.1 guys per nine. Walks are at 3.1. That's a bit high. But he's been fine. But Gosman's been like an ace. And Kikuchi's been better than Ray. So, I mean, it was always Gosman replaces um, Ray. And then Kikuchi replaces Matt. And what's happened is, is Gosman's in a league of his own. He's better than Ray was yeah. last year. And Kikuchi's been just as good as what Ray is right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they've, they've done shockingly well. The one thing is that they obviously just have not replaced Marcus Semien, though Marcus Semien this year is not Marcus Semien of last year. Yeah. Matt Chapman just simply hasn't been that, which whatever. But, you know, you, you hit on two of the three. That's more than fine. Yep. Um, just quickly to finish off the Cy Young conversation here, since we're having it, it goes, the odds boards goes Verlander, Gosman, Garrett Cole, Shane McClanahan, Dil- and then Dylan Cease, Shohei Otani, and Alec Manoa are all tied at 10 to one. So Manoa up in some pretty elite company as well. Okay. Second up from this series, uh, you want to talk about their great approach and, and the number of walks they were able to draw. I mean, you go even to that game, they lost. I mean, they had five guys who drew walks. Guerrero drew two. And then you get to the game that they won as well. And it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight total walks. That's impressive. 
Yeah, 14 walks between the two games, and they struck out only four times in the second game. They struck out six times in the first game. So it's more, more, more walks than strikeouts, which is what you like to see. You look back at last season, and the Jays were like a middle of the pack walk team which makes sense because they're a pretty swing happy team, but they were at the bottom in terms of strikeouts. So what we're seeing now is they're laying off on pitches and they're making guys come to them, which is what's going to be the recipe for success. That's what it was last year when they started to get hot was they were laying off on pitches outside of the zone. I know that's easier said than done. Like we can sit here on TV and be like, why are you swinging at that slider? It was four feet outside the zone. Well, it looks like a fastball that's going to go down the middle and then, you know, cuts well out of the zone. And that's, that's just baseball. But yeah, I mean, Jordan Hicks, the guy going in the second game for St. Louis, he walks five guys in three innings. He's traditionally like a low command guy. But we've also seen a lot of times this season where the Jays face a low command guy or a guy with a, a slide or a breaking ball pitches that wind up outside the zone and they're still swinging at fucking everything. So it was encouraging to see them go up against a guy that is not in the strike zone and force him to pitch in the strike zone because yeah. as soon as he starts pitching in the strike zone, they hit the ball to the park. And that's what we saw in that game. Danny Jansen dingers twice. Vladdy dingers for the first time in like a month. George Springer hits a triple. Like it was, it was the August, September, 2021 Jays again, which is great. Man, Danny Jansen, like it's just, he got hurt. So it felt, it feels like we're not talking enough about like how good he's been. Cause it's been weirdly split up into like his hot start IL stint. And now what we're seeing here, but his numbers are incredible. Like this dude has five home runs in 29 at bats. He's hitting a home run every six ABs. That's nuts. Yeah. And if you go back to last year, I mean, like it's not just a, a this year thing. I mean, he got injured two different times last year. So when he came back at the very end of August, August the 31st, he comes back from his, I think, second or third uh, injured uh, injury stint. Yep. In the 21 games that he played in the month of September, he put up a 1.147 OPS with six homers and he walked five times and struck on nine times. Like the thing with Jansen is he was like a phenomenal hitter in the minors. Like you look at his 2018 season right before he gets called up, he had an 863 OPS the year before that, when he played in three levels in 2017, he had an 884 OPS. And we all thought, wow, Danny Jansen, he hits super well, but I don't know if he's a good catcher, but his bat's going to carry him. And in his big league career, it's always been the glove, but now maybe the bats coming around and there actually is like an all around good catcher here. One that can hit like a, like a Russell Martin type one that can, he's a good catcher and one that can also hit. I mean, yeah, that'd be something. And it's not like he's, I know he's been around here for a while, but it's not like he's crazy old. Like he's 27, like realistically expecting Danny Jansen to just be coming into his prime is like, yeah. And I know sometimes it's weird or off-putting to say the word prime when it's a guy like Danny Jansen because you usually associate that with like the elite of the elite, right? But like we very well could be getting into the next three, four years here where, like you said, Danny Jansen is just a very good two-way catcher that kind of does it all for this team. And I know, again, when you think of Danny Jansen, and there's a couple of things that layer into this. One, he's been with the team since 2018, right? So we've been watching this guy for one, two, three, four. It's the fifth season. But also we keep hearing about Gabe Moreno and Alejandro Kirk and these young guys who are coming up. And it almost makes you think Jansen's older than he is. Right. Yeah, it seems it seems like he's been around forever. And it's also the he has kind of the um, there's kind of the thing with him where there was so many guys coming up that had so much more hype yeah. that he was kind of, you know, he was one of the leftover prospects from the AA era that didn't get traded in 15 or six in 2015. So it wasn't, you know, as exciting as a name as a Vladdy or a bow or even a Biggio at that time. We were so excited or a Nate Pearson, like, so he just kind of got buried behind that. There wasn't 
like super authentic hype. But I mean, there wasn't that much hype for, I mean, even pay Oscar when they acquired him in that trade with Houston, he winds up being a phenomenal player. So the Jays have done pretty good with player development and Danny Jansen's had great numbers in the minors. So there's absolutely reason to be optimistic that he could, <laughs> this could be a breakout and he could actually be very good. Great starting pitching, some great approaches at the plate, which for me, the thing that stands out about that is if there was ever a time where maybe you would expect the Jays to be trying to do too much, which maybe they were guilty of over the last seven days before the St. Louis series. But if there was ever a time where you'd maybe even understand if they were just going up there hacking like crazy and losing that good approach, it would be now when your offense has been sputtering for as long as it has. Um, So I give them a lot of credit for being able to kind of rein it in. I think it speaks to maybe the leadership in that clubhouse as well, keeping things kind of calm and keeping their approach what it should be. And then Danny Jansen, obviously our third up. Uh, let's get into the downs. Um, this Charlie bullpen thing and the comment about Romano, just weird, right? Yeah, that was bizarre because so just to give a rundown in case anybody forgot what happened on Monday, they took the loss. It was the 10th inning uh, in the top half. They didn't score their ghost runner. And then David Phelps comes in, he strikes out two guys and then um, he walks Tommy Edmond. And then they decide to bring in Ryan Barucki to face the lefty. And then St. Louis pinches, pinches a righty at Mune. Oh my God. Ed Muno Sosa. I don't know why I had such a hard time with that. He's a righty, but he has reverse splits. So it's a perfectly reasonable time to bring in a lefty. But the next guy then is Paul Goldschmidt, who, you know, he's an elite righty hitter who crushes lefty pitching and he comes up and bombs a grand slam. So the Lukey situation here with Baraki would have made sense in 2016 when he can face one guy and then leave, but you have to face three guys now. So he was no matter what facing Paul Goldschmidt in a game winning situation. The thing to do here, uh, the progressive thing would have been, okay, this is your save situation. Now you should use Jordan Romano. If you use him and he blows up and Goldschmidt hits a homer off of him, then you say, whatever, I use my best guy. It happened. And after the game, Charlie said uh, in regards to whether he considered using Romano, as he said, you don't do that on the road. We did that in Houston and it didn't work out which is inaccurate because the only thing you could be talking about was that um, it was that game back in late April where they were trying to sweep the Astros in Houston and they scored um, the one run in the 10th inning to put themselves up seven to six and then brought in Romano for a safe situation in which he allowed a home run. It was, well, that's unfortunate, but your closer got dinged for a dinger and that happens. So uh, the logic itself is wrong. You should be using your closer when the game's on the line because you can't manage for a save situation that might not be there. And Charlie also just completely misremembers a thing that ha- that didn't happen, which is, I mean, I'm not going to rag too hard. There's so many games. It's not that big of a deal, but it's just kind of funny that everyone's already pissed off at Charlie. And then he goes ahead and just yeah. says something completely inaccurate. And sometimes Charlie's his own worst, worst enemy when it comes to communication. Yeah. Um, communication in this team is, I mean, that's something we ragged on a lot last year. We don't need to get into it, but it is like for the manager of the team to have that kind of slip up. It's like, (laughs) I, I, the most egregious thing about this for me is just like the, the logic behind you don't do that on the road because I think we both agree that you should be using your closer in a situation that's a game on the line, right? Like if they had brought in Romano and he either a got lit up and they lost, you say, whatever you, you, you went with your yeah. best and that's what happens. Or, you know, he gets through it and then they blow the save later. Cause it's a different guy. It's not the end of the world. Right. Yeah. And it, well, it's a little bit of almost like not a great comparison here, but like the mystery box thing from family guy, right? Like you could have <laughs> the boat, 
or you could have the mystery box that could be a boat. And it's like, you know, do you want to use Romano now and get this game to the next inning? But you could maybe win the game in the next inning and use Jordan Romano then. And it's like, well, exactly. you know, maybe just get get from point A to point B before you worry about like anything else. You know, I, I don't know. Live yeah. in the moment. Yeah. Live in the here. Live in the now. Exactly. Um, ah, that was just weird. And that's really all there was to complain about that series yeah. against St. Louis, because I thought the team played pretty well. You know, they maybe weren't great. Oh, for 10 with runners in scoring position in the uh, in the first game. And that probably could have been a, been the difference. You know, again, it's one of those games where like fuck, if you put up four or five runs, you win the ball game. And we're talking about a quick two game sweep of St. Louis here. But that's not the way it went down. And I mean, you give St. Louis some credit like they were facing a good, good they were facing a good arm in Miles Mikolas, too. And, sure. they, and they managed yeah. to get three off him. Not you care at all that they let Barrios go too long. I saw people complaining. They were like, oh, they were quick, quick hook on Alec Manoa, 83 pitches. And then they let Barrios go 102 and he. You know, he's going through the yeah. order the fourth time and he gets tagged a bit. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really care personally. Well, I okay, but if they would have yanked Barrios and a reliever yeah. gave up those runs, everyone would be sitting here being like, why did Charlie yank Barrios? Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, he's I'm, wrong no matter what. He's wrong no matter what. Right? I'll, I'm fine with it. Barrios is a good pitcher. He was pitching quite well. And just let him rip. Like Charlie made mistakes. Like, again, you judge him based on what did happen, I suppose. Right. That's kind of his gig. And yeah, Barrios got lit up. So you could say, I should have should have yanked them. Yes. Fine. But there were also people being like, this was a fireable series from Charlie Montoya. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I, I, I'm not uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm really going to go that far because it's, you know, the end of May. And I get that eventually. Wins in the end of May matter just as much as wins in September. I'm not trying to say they don't, but the team is three games over 500 at the end of May, and they're not hitting with runners in scoring position. If they could hit worth a lick with runners in scoring position, I would argue that they're 26 and 17 right now or something closer to that, right? So I'm not just going to sit here and be like, they got to fire Charlie because they're three games over 500, and he made two mistakes against St. Louis. Like, nah, that's that's not how I'm going to roll personally. No, that's that's a bit much for me. Yeah. I, I don't think his bullpen management's been that bad. I, don't, I think it's been a bit of a difficult situation. Like, look at all the close games they played and they managed to get through. Like, you got to give them some credit for the things that have worked out too, right? Especially early in the season, right? Like when you when you look back to some of those, like you said, those close games they won early in the year. Like, you got to give yeah. Charlie for that credit for that. I know a lot of it was Romano, but remember when they went on that run? Three. Uh, it was from the twenty first of April. Three two win against Boston. Four three against Houston. Three two against Houston. Like you won three straight one run games against teams that at least with the Red Sox at that moment, we thought were playoff contenders. So they might be. They've been hot. Yeah, they have been hot. That's fair. Uh, Okay, let's get into some other stuff. You had some prospect updates. Yeah. So um, MLB Pipeline released a new top 100 list because two of the top guys um, graduated two former number one overall picks. And now Gabriel Moreno, the catcher, uh, the Blue Jays top prospect is now ranked number four in all of baseball in terms of um, being the top prospect. But I also wanted to point out that Jordan Roshans quietly has a 903 OPS Damn. for the Buffalo Bisons, though he doesn't have a single home run, which is kind of shocking to put up. Like his on-base numbers are ridiculously good. 381 batting average, 474 on-base percentage. And I think it was um, Arelvis Martinez also did his 14th home run of the season already <laughs> in uh, in double A. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's fucking nuts. I'd be interested to see if we... Uh, if we get one of these um, bisons coming up, it doesn't seem like they're in a rush to call up Mourinho though. Zach Collins just went down. So there's not three catches anymore. Maybe there's a Bradley's number DFA Mourinho call up in the cards. Maybe. Don't even tease me uh, with shit like that. Coomzy. 
Yeah. And then, you know, maybe Groshans too. He's had a hard time staying on the field, but when he is on the field, he's quite good. And then even Logan Warmoth, this is such a random guy to be doing well, but he's got an 870 OPS and AAA, the team's former um, first round pick from, I think it was the 2017 draft. The, it was him and Pearson in the first round. Pearson was the Encarnacion supplemental pick. And then Warmoth was just their top pick. And he's been killing it recently. So that's kind of cool to see because he's somebody people, we all wrote off like, immediately it was like this guy's a four-year college guy who did bad in low a it's like well fuck that and now he's in triple a killing it so interesting to see the team uh team's got some got some bats perhaps and then meanwhile also Kevin biggio is doing pretty well in triple a so it'll be interesting to see if he comes back up and maybe he has a hey oscar hernandez situation where he spends some time with the bisons and comes back and knows how to hit yeah that'd be nice hey because you'd rather have biggio on the roster than zimmer right I think right? so. I think yeah. so. Um, yeah. I'll take Maybe. The, I don't know. I'll take the upside with Biggio, even if there's very little of it that exists. I just don't like Bradley Simmer. I don't know. He just, he, even after his, even after his two, his, his two hit game. I know. And I just look, I was looking at his numbers. I'm like, oh, his last seven games, he is batting like 300 or something or 500. He's like three for his last six. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should stop talking shit. But then I was like, nah, it's Bradley. Zimmer. You should continue talking shit because he's probably listening while he's out in the boat. He's like taking BP with his AirPods in, just listening to me, some guy in Edmonton, be like, this guy stinks. No, he's 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 doing it while he's out in the boat. Like he's running errands. So he's oh, like, yeah. uh, okay, like I gotta go whatever. Get something to eat. <laughs> Going to Wendy's. So I'm gonna put on this podcast. And these guys are shitting on me. This one guy from Edmonton says that I should be put into outer space. What the <laughs> fuck? I better hit two doubles. All right, let's take a look ahead, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada, live in Ontario. Uh, we are going to Anaheim. I was in Anaheim recently. I was at this stadium recently. Did you have fun? I did have fun. It's a really, really cool ballpark. Um, there's a lot of like interesting spots to kind of watch the game. Like, obviously, went there for just the one because I wanted to see Shohei Otani. Um, sat in the outfield for a little bit, and then there was I sat in like right field for a little bit, and then there was like an outfield bar right by that fountain. So like went and sat there, had a beer and it was like a neat little spot to look over. And then I just kind of made my way around the stadium and would just stop in and get different vantage points until I eventually settled in uh, right behind the Angels dugout because there were three open seats. And I was like, that looks like a nice spot to sit. Um, so, yeah, it was, it's a really, really neat park. Um, it's an hour away from downtown Los Angeles, which sucks. Um, but if you're out in the area, it's worth worth the hike out, in my opinion. It's a nice, nice spot. Yeah, if you're at Disney, it's worth hitting up uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim game mm-hmm. after your experience at Disneyland, California. Mm-hmm. Um, so. While we're talking about travel, actually, just before we get into this, we are putting the finishing touches on a nation vacation to Toronto. So if you're a Blue Jays fan in Edmonton, like me and like our boy Bagged Milk and the company CEO, Jay, you can come with us. We're going to. So I don't have all the details confirmed, but this is what I think the plan is. It is that eight or that August 12th series over the weekend against Cleveland. Um, so they play Cleveland on yeah the 12th, 13th and 14th. We fly out from Edmonton the morning of the 12th on Friday morning. We're going to watch the Jays on Friday night. It's sitcom night at the ballpark. Um, They're doing a Seinfeld t-shirt or a friend's t-shirt giveaway. They are. Yeah. Uh, And then Saturday, we're going to go watch the TFC game. And then Sunday, we're going to watch the Jays versus Guardians part three. And then we're going to that's our whole trip right there. Do you want to also go to Toronto Island and get fucked up? I'll do anything. I don't care. 
Um, I'm just excited to be out in Toronto. I'm planning a few trips this summer and uh, this one with the nation vacation, which people can buy into. Um, it's going to be part of it. So I'm excited. Where else are you going? Uh, I think I'm going to come out in middle of September. Yeah. Yeah. How about this for a weekend? I'm going to fly out Thursday on the 15th. I'm going to watch the Jays on the 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th. And then the 19th, I'm going down to Buffalo because I'm a diehard Bills fan. My girlfriend and I are both diehard Bills fans. I'm going to go down for the Bills home opener on Monday and then fly back Tuesday. That sounds fun. The, the Bills are hosting the Vikings this year, right? I think they might be, yeah. I think, I think I remember saying that. Yeah, that'd be one, for, that'd be one to go to. That'd I have a fun. question. I don't know if this is a thing. Are there ways <laughs> the Toronto people listening are either going to, are probably going to laugh at me because this might be a stupid question. Is there a way for me to like shuttle or like some sort of party bus from Toronto to Buffalo for Bills games? Like, does that exist? I don't know if there's a party bus, but there's a Greyhound. Or I don't know if it's a Greyhound anymore, but whatever it is, mega bus kind of thing. I took when I was here in 2017 mm-hmm. around uh, Christmas, New Year's time, me and one of my friends went down to the World Juniors in Buffalo and we took the bus back and forth a few times. It's very easy. It's like yeah. a, a quick ride. They, um, they get you through border security very quickly. Um, no problem at all. Buffalo yeah, is actually course. a pretty sweet city. Yeah. Like I, I I'm like super it. excited to go. Like I've been a diehard bills fan my yeah. entire adult life. It'd be a fun vibe for sure. You're going to tailgate, right? Oh yeah. Like my plan is to get there early in the day, watch the game. It's Monday nighter. So I'm just trying to decide like That'd the logistics sick. of how that all works. Right. But either way, probably just take the bus in and then just take the bus out. If you just take a, take a very expensive Uber home. Mm-hmm. You can walk across the border into Canada too, across the bridge. Yeah. I've done that before. Um, yeah. when I've just been in like Niagara Falls and stuff. But anyways, if you're listening to this, What's the best way for me to get down for a Bills game from Toronto? Please let me know in my Twitter DMs. I would appreciate it. We are way off track. We're trying to get set up yeah. for, uh, and we're we're running late too. We're getting almost to the half an hour point. How here. long have we talked for? 28.30. Okay, well, let's talk about the Angels for like three minutes then. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Ryu versus Otani, Manoa versus some rookie, Kikuchi versus Lorenzen, Barrios versus Sandoval. In the series finale, those are two guys on my fantasy team. So we're praying for a one nothing game there. Uh, anyways, what do you think of this series for the Jays taking on the Angels? Listen, I get the Angels are like, you know, a good baseball team. But if you're the Blue Jays, you've been sputtering along for a while. You have these aspirations. You are a World Series contender. I don't give a damn who they're playing. You just put up seven against the Cardinals. You need to keep that momentum rolling. You need to score some runs out here. I don't know if the Angels are that good. I think, okay. I think they're pretty good. I think they're playoff contention good, but I don't know if they're 27, 18, good. I'm just looking at second best run differential in the, in the AL. Sorry. Second best run differential in the AL. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I mean, they've done a good job of putting together a competitive team. Like they've, they just built a pitching staff like that. Basically they added Noah Syndergaard. That's, uh, that's great. Michael Lorenzen's also been like a pretty, um, a pretty solid addition as well. So, I mean, they have a, a, a good pitching staff now. We, we know, we all know they've always had the elite offense. You have Mike Trout on your team. Mike Trout's so good. And then you have Otani batting as well. Same thing. So, but I don't know. You look at, you look at who they've beaten and who they've lost to as well. Like they've had a weirdly rough time with the Texas Rangers. Like they just got off uh, in mid, in mid May, the same time the Jays were struggling. They just got swept by the Rangers. The Rangers are bad. And you know, the, the angels aren't a perfect team. So I don't know. I think, coming into this and expecting better than two and two is completely reasonable. Uh, you also have like a, a bunch of good starters going. It's a shame that we don't have Gosman pitching, but you know, Hyunjin Ryu has been rolling since getting off the injured list. Mm-hmm. Alec Manoa is always good. 
Kikuchi largely quite good, a bit of a hiccup in his last outing, but that also could be due to the home plate umpire, giving him a bit of a squeeze. And then Jose Barrios just uh, had perhaps his best start of the season. So I, I would hope for three or four here. Nice. I'm, I'm feeling positive. Yeah, I, I am too. I mean, listen, hopefully the, the last game there against St. Louis wasn't some sort of weird anomaly and hopefully it's this team starting to turn things around a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm confident that second game Manoa versus, you know, a rookie starter for the Angels. That's one you should definitely be winning. I, I think you should take one of the one of the last two as well. You know, might take a bit of a minor miracle to beat Otani, but I mean, teams have done it before, right? And, and again, this Jays offense is hopefully starting to get rolling a little bit here. Uh, Coomzy, you enjoy this series. Uh, I mean, for the East Coast, for, for the people listening actually in Toronto, not great because these games are starting at insane times. For me, absolutely the best. Um, I love Starts at the same time as the Oilers game tonight, though. Both are at 930 uh, or 730 for you. <laughs> I have to host an Oilers yeah. Nation watch party uh, at a bar downtown. <laughs> And I'm going to be the only guy being like, hey, uh, can we just get one of the TVs on the Jays game? Otani's pitching. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll do it. People like baseball. Yeah, they do. Actually, when I, I did a watch party for game one, Battle of Alberta game one, and there was one TV in the bar, like in the far corner on the Jays game. So I just kept doing like hot laps over to like watch a couple ABs <laughs> and then like skirt back to the Oilers game. All right. Uh, anyways, Coomzy, you enjoy uh, all the sports going on this weekend. Should be a fun series. And we'll be back on the weekend to recap things. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.